0: The Inside Allen Road podcast is sponsored by PR Supplies at Unit 2 Wither Park Industrial Estate in Leeds. PR Supplies, everything for the home. Hello, welcome back to the Inside Ellen Road podcast with myself, Joe Donoghue, and your YEP Chief Football Writer, Graham Smith. The passing of Queen Elizabeth II last Thursday was a sad day for many, and the subsequent period of national mourning has had widespread repercussions, uh, not least to the football schedule in this country. Uh, by now, you'll be well aware of the postponements to fixtures against Nottingham Forest and Manchester United. So in the meantime, Graham and I will hopefully try to fill the void uh, with the help of Leeds United's under-21s. Um, Graham, how are you doing? Oh, very well, thanks, Joe. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, I've got a little bit of a, a little bit of a sniffle, so apologies to anybody if the uh, the audio quality is a bit um, making me sound a little bit ill. Um, tomorrow night, uh, well, tomorrow when we're recording, this is a Thursday. We've got the the under twenty ones. It must be a big game because you're coming along. Thank God,
1: thank God for the twenty ones. The, the oasis in this barren landscape of no fixtures for the senior side. My record for twenty ones hasn't been great. When I've attended. I'll be honest. So uh, lower your expectations when it comes
0: to the result. Yeah, well, I mean, I, th- I think that will hopefully be helped a little bit by the fact that Patrick Bamford, Liam Cooper, Luke Ayling, Junior Furpo potentially, uh, Willie Nyonto, they're all going to be in in contention. Um, or at least that's what we've been told. So um, 10,000 fans probably won't be disappointed with with what they see. Hopefully some goals, hopefully a positive result. But Um, just most most importantly some football because as I'm sure most people will be aware it's a a 29 day break between the Brentford game um, which is now coming up two weeks ago uh, and uh, the October 2nd match against Aston Villa it's going to be it's going to be a long slog we're about well we're, we're not even halfway there yet which is is a bit daunting but there are three under 21 games to be played uh, in that in that interim period, starting with Southampton on Friday, then uh, Crew Alexandra in the Papa John's Trophy next Tuesday, and uh, then I believe Stoke City at home uh, at the LNER Stadium on the 30th of September. I mean, the, the postponement has been the story, um, at least in the, the world of football anyway, over the, the past week or so, um, with the Forest and Man United Games being called off. The decision from the Premier League to to postpone the games last weekend and then to have three of the the ten Premier League fixtures this weekend off, um, I think it's it's rankled with some people. I, I think I, you can understand why they did it, but I think it was made it was a decision made quite hastily.
1: Yeah, I, I think the guts of the decision was we don't want to be seen to be disrespectful in playing on, and you can kind of see that. The Premier League draws so much attention, so much scrutiny, that that maybe they felt it would be inappropriate to have you know people um, prioritizing football uh, over that weekend. But as, as news started to emerge that so many other sports had carried on, and as other sports demonstrated how you can perfectly well show respect and deference and honour and mark the life of Queen Elizabeth II while carrying on your sporting fixtures and using your sporting fixtures to bring people together in pain and respect, then I think I think it very quickly dawned on a lot of people that, that football had got it wrong. You know, they'd, they'd really missed the boat. Um, I mean, as a, as a side issue, I think that Leeds fixture should have been seen as a separate thing anyway, because it took place on Monday. I think it would have been quite safe for them to assume that Monday would have been fine for the Premier League to resume. But in any case, I think, you know, the point's been made quite a lot, so we'll not labor on it. But Elland Road um, falling completely silent, you know, with two sets of fans known for their noise making ability and joining together to sing the national anthem, I think would have been a quite a poignant um, historic tribute uh, to the Queen. Um, and now there really won't be that opportunity because by the time they play, it'll be October and the, the moment really. Uh, has passed um, and of course the subsequent very understandable postponement of the Manchester United game has compounded the FA's initial decision and left Leeds with this quite ridiculous 29 period 29 day period without a game in, in a season that is already feels it already feels like we're cramming fixtures in because of the World Cup it just doesn't sit well that teams can go 29 days without a fixture and it's going to be difficult to squeeze those games in.
0: Yeah. And I suppose that is the the reasoning behind um, the, the likes of Aileen, likes of Bamford, Cooper, um, who are going to be playing for the, for the 21s just purely to get match fitness um, because, you know, you, you've, you've battled back from injury or you've, you know, you've, you've had a few little niggles and knocks here and there. Um, and now, there's the prospect of not having actual match practice for the next month or so. Um, it's it, from a sort of sports science perspective, it's not ideal preparation either, is it, um, for, for professional athletes to have the pre-season and then sort of ramp everything up, getting prepared for, uh, for, for the season, which is obviously going to be three months, very intensive, lots of games. Uh, and then it to be taken away very, very quickly. Um, you know, it was a new week. And yes, while it was still within the the match day, that the Premier League likes to sort of um, refer to when it comes to sort of the the rounds of fixtures, it it could have been played on the Monday, um, just as you know EFL games were played on the on that Tuesday, um, and and Champions League games and and, and the like, uh, and then with with sort of the, the foresight of looking ahead and thinking, well, you know, the state funeral will probably be on that following weekend or the the Monday afterwards, um, which means that you know policing levels are going to be are going to be stretched all across the country so um yeah i think if if they had their time again i think the premier league might have gone back and and made a different decision but um yeah that's the that's the reality that that, that leads are facing right now um and yeah i mean it's it's unfortunate timing with the, the international break uh, lining up at the end of september um because uh, that's an additional two weeks for, for those players who aren't on on international duty, um, and we we can get into that uh, a little bit in terms of the uh, the players who've been selected so far uh, and those who haven't. Um, in the, the the headline news, I suppose from from that side of things is the um, the England squad, uh, and uh, no Jack Harrison. I mean, he started the season in in excellent form. I think he's had a very good twenty twenty two, just as a whole calendar year, um, but this was probably the last opportunity for him to to make a squad if he was going to be sort of that 25th or 26th man in a world cup squad uh, so for him not to be in there i think it would be it would be very very surprising if he ended up making the world cup squad in in you know one and a half two months time
1: yeah i mean whilst i'd say you never say never in football and um, you don't know the conversations that southgate might have had with various players um, and that's not me speaking out of any knowledge or hinting that Southgate's had a conversation with Harrison, but it wouldn't be difficult to imagine Southgate saying to players, you know, maybe like a Rashford who's not in the squad, the door is not closed uh, on you. And if there are injuries or if your form continues, you know, make it imp- make it an impossible decision for me to leave you out um, between now and then. The difficulty is just the, the scarcity of time and games between now and then, in order to show Southgate that you really should be going to the World Cup. It, you would imagine that the fact that Harrison hasn't been involved at all yet is a serious disadvantage compared with somebody who knows the setup, who knows Southgate, who knows the system, who's played international level, who's played in tournaments, perhaps. Um, and and I, I just think that there's a difficulty for Southgate in choosing people solely on form a lot of people think that's what he should do he should check he should choose the informed players from the, the in-form English born players but when he when he and England have made such a thing of this squad being so together being such a family kind of environment um, we all saw how, how they were kind of at the Euros and that really seemed to play in their favor if you then take a player out who's a big part of that because he's not been in his best form over the last few weeks and put a player in who hasn't been in this squad yet because he is in form, it possibly says to the players that we're not quite so together and we're not so much of a close knit group and a family when you become expendable off of, you know, three, four weeks of form. Um, Harrison has started the season really, really well. He has got traits that I think definitely make him a candidate for international football at some stage. You know, his first touch is probably the thing about him that you think is is world class. Last season, don't think he enjoyed his best season at all. Um, when it came to time on the ball and in possession and beating players uh, and creating chances, but he did have end product, didn't he? he? He was a goal threat. This season, I think he's just started the season like a man possessed, um, and and maybe this will work in Leeds' favor, and that he'll be he'll be, I wouldn't say ticked off and and trying to prove a point, but maybe he'll just be thinking, well, while there's still a chance, I'm going to play the best football of my life in in order to try and say to Southgate, look, you you really need to take me. So let's see what happens, you know, from October onwards with, with Harrison. But um, if he can maintain the form that he's been in to to, to start this season, then, then it bodes very well, very, very well leads and
0: it will probably bode very well for harrison because he's still a young man yeah he doesn't seem the type of player or person to to get very ticked off does he jack harrison seems to be quite quite mellow quite on, a, on an even keel
1: yeah um yeah it seems like quite a likable character with a, with a different backstory as well you know he left the academy sy- system didn't he? And he he went to america and chose the the path less traveled by um and everyone knows that kind of his mom has played a massive part in his in his career and um, I quite like that about him I quite like that he's he's slightly different in that sense um, and I quite like that a lot of the time on the pitch he can do really good things with the football you know some of his footwork this season the, the one that always springs to mind is uh, at Chel. I think it was against Chelsea when wow. he got the ball on the touchline uh, on the left and he kind of fell stumbled and still managed with at least one hand touching the ground to flick the ball uh forward, keep possession and get up and scamper away again. Um when he's kind of shuffling the ball from from right foot to left foot and, and back again in order to go past people, it's great to watch. Like it is just really great to watch. And that's what we missed last season about him. Um and he's added I wouldn't say added but he's reintroduced chance making you know, this season to his game. He is making chances. He's putting great balls into the box. Um,
0: so more power to his elbow. Hmm, too right. Um, in, in terms of players who who probably could feel a little bit hard done by, you'd probably put Harrison in that category. Um, I think we'd also go with Robin Cock as well because he's not made it into the, the, England the squad. Germany squad.
1: Yeah, Southgate's completely ignored one of the form centre backs uh, in the Premier yeah, League. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, very good. He's not. He's not finished. He's twenty eight. Sort of vibes there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. It, it's funny, isn't it? He was in Germany squads as he arrived at Leeds, and then has kind of been in and out. I'm not sure he's played as well as he has in the last few weeks in his time at Leeds. He started that, that first season pretty well with a knee injury you know that he was nursing it has to be said as well which made it all the more impressive but i think he's been really solid um so germany must have some fantastic in-form centre-backs at the minute but maybe it just is a case it will be a case kind of across world football that it's going to be really hard for players to get in right at the last minute there will be players who get in um you know jason cummings for example, in Australia <laughs> has yeah. been called up just in time to potentially go to the World Cup, which is incredible. I mean,
0: just of all the things you thought you'd see. Um, I'm amazed that you had no recollection, well, not recollection, no no idea that, that he, that's where he was after su- becoming such a, a cult hero with Rangers, <laughs> that one lone spell. Um, yeah. But he's yeah. just, yeah, such a character in I mean, the 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 reason that we spotted him is probably quite good in itself. It was just the the viral video from the Australia uh, World Cup, um, the the Socceroos sort of Twitter page, and it was uh, asking, I think a uh, 17 year old, he's been called up to the, the the national team for the first time. He's got an older brother, and he's beat his older brother into the squad, um, and he was asked that question, and he says, "Yeah, I just rang him up, and uh, yeah, just went, what happened, mate?" like they're just fantastic jason cummings is sat next to him like laughing i think he starts clapping as well that's such such a scottish way of doing things just like yes fantastic son what a joke um but yeah i mean he he could be going to qatar for the world cup like jason cummings what and robin Cox, not where's where's the justice in the world
1: this is the kind of incongruous nature of international football isn't it that if if you were born um, into a, a country that was hosting a World Cup that wasn't particularly known for its footballing pedigree um, and had got automatic qualification. And yet there are world-class players that don't get to play in World Cups you know, because of the country that they uh, have, have an allegiance to. Um, it, it's odd. And it makes for very strange tournaments at times as well and some mismatched games. Um, but I... I have to say, as we talk about the World Cup and we talk about Leeds, my sympathies are with Patrick Bamford because it's going to be very difficult for him. Now, I think last season has essentially stripped him of any chance that he really had. Uh, And I think any lingering kind of hope of that dream being alive um, was probably finally removed by that setback he had at Southampton because he went into last season and... He was quite openly talking about his dream of going to the World Cup with England. And you you couldn't have ruled it out at that stage at all because he just had such a great first season in the Premier League. He was banging form. He was just a player full of confidence. And then last season was just a mess for him, just an injury-riddled mess. And he just couldn't get fit. He couldn't maintain fitness because of the various demands being put on his body and various unfortunate issues with injury um and I think you know he would have been targeting hitting the ground running this season firing in a boatload of goals to start the season and possibly doing what Ivan Tony's trying to do in you know getting in there right at the last minute maybe a bit of a surprise package you know Bamford possibly could have been that guy um and he's just not played enough football you know he's just not fit enough um so the twenty ones game for him is massively important because it'll hopefully get his season help get his season back on track so that by the time they face Aston Villa, he can be considered for a start. uh and then we'll again we'll see what happens with him. I feel like it would just take too many too many things to happen elsewhere. and he can't control any all he can control is what he does on the pitch. um but I feel like there are too many things kind of playing against him right now after the kind of last last year that he's had. Uh, and that's a massive shame, you know, because like I said, that first season in the Premier League was superb.
0: Yeah, you'd kind of be relying on Tammy Abraham, um, Ivan Toney, Callum Wilson, um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, all of those sort of other players, the, the candidates to be one of the three or four strikers that Gareth Southgate's going to name, um, all picking up injuries. And that's incredibly unlikely. Um, whereas... Once upon a time, Bamford would have been well within a shout of of being in that sort of that group behind Harry Kane. Um, so yeah, it it is you do feel for him because it's it's something which has been completely out of his control. Um and just the succession of injuries that he had last year, just so, so unfortunate, so unlucky. Um, just really not not good timing at all. Um, I think you you touched on there the 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 twenty ones game um which is tomorrow night and we, we alluded to it earlier just a little bit but um this morning we were, we were speaking to to Michael Scubala the the under 21s head coach um he said that that Willy Nyonto is in um contention along with a lot of other players to to feature against the to, uh, the Southampton's b team um at ellen road uh, expecting around 10,000 or definitely 9,000 sold so far um so quite a good turnout uh, for, for the youngsters, um, a, f- a good opportunity for people to see the likes of Sonny Perkins and, and Darko JB for the first time in the flesh, uh, if they haven't been up to Thorparch Arch already this season for those uh, couple of fixtures. Um, and as as we mentioned earlier as well, Aylin, Bamford, Cooper, uh, potentially Furpo, you know, those types of players as well. Um, so it definitely does fill something of a void, con- considering we have that, that break. Um, and I'm absolutely delighted that there will be a game going ahead. Um, but it could be a really interesting game um Scubala was was talking about how he wanted to to use sort of like the big brother little brother philosophy um that uh, you know he he, he he can draw on and, and and use the experience of the the senior players and you know he was saying what an experience it must be for those younger lads to be lining up alongside the club captain liam cooper and uh, and and playing especially for the attacking players learning from from Bamford you know essentially being coached through the game while they're on the pitch by those those senior pros um, you know I think that's that's got a great potential for, for being a, a good tactic I, I think we saw that in the the 2020-21 season um, when uh, you know you had the likes of Diego Yorente occasionally dropping in and Calvin Phillips once or twice was in the 23s coming back from injury um, and, and the benefits that that provided to the likes of gelhart greenwood somerville drama um and and those types of players so um there's definitely reason to be sort of optimistic that friday night can be a a real a, a real occasion a slide indoors moment for for some of these young players um as well as you know a, a good opportunity to just to get 90 minutes under the belt for for your bamfords and your aliens
1: yeah I, I don't know if they'll get 90 um i wouldn't be surprised if it was like 45
0: maybe for furpo and
1: Maybe forty-five or sixty for Ailing. Um, Cooper, Cooper might be able to last the ninety. I'm, I'm not sure, um, but we'll see how much they get. But what, what I like about um, one th- one of the things I like about Patrick Bamford is his uh, kind of acceptance or willingness to play that role of the the older brother. We've seen it in the flesh. You know, we heard that he'd he'd wanted to send clips to Gellhart you know, about what he should be doing and what he should be thinking about. And then we've seen it, you know, when he, when Gellhart was the one who came on for Rodrigo at Elland Road, Bamford was straight herring down the touchline to the technical area to put an arm around Gellhart's shoulders and do a bit of coaching before he went on to the pitch. And it's rare that you see that, you know, you just don't tend to see senior players pull in youngsters aside just before they're about to go on as a substitute to give them a bit of uh, advice. Um, Ailing I noticed doing it with Cody Drame at Brentford. You know, the warm-up had just finished and Ailing was going around doing his clapping routine and g everyone up and he singled out Drame and had a few words with him um, and they had a bit of a, an exchange on the pitch. I, I really like seeing that um, because it is the kind of, it's the support, you know, the arm around the shoulder that they probably need at a, at a very good time as well, very timely for those young players before big games or before coming on in a big game um but also it shows that they're part of it you know they're part of it it's not the seniors and the young lads you know they are one dressing room and that's the kind of thing that you always get told so to actually see it evidence of it is is nice it's reassuring um and it speaks to the the kind of the culture they've got down there um great for jeremiah mullen if he starts alongside cooper you know he'll be talked through that and um I know that he'll have trained with him more, most likely at Thorpe Arch, but it's different in a game scenario, and and it's different when you've got upwards of ten thousand people um, making a bit of noise, and that aspect as well, I think, will be great. You know, for Scubala, it's a great great occasion for him. You know, to to manage the twenty ones in front of what's something more like a Leeds crowd than than they would probably get at York. Um, and, uh, and great for those youngsters as well to play in front of a crowd. So um, everywhere you look on the pitch, there's there's nice storylines and something to think about. You know, Firpo, is he going to come back roaring, you know, so that he can displace Stroik? Ayling um, and Christensen will be battling. You know, Ailing will want to hit October in, in shape and form that says, you know, you can stick me in. And Christensen will go away with Denmark, praying he gets minutes so he can show... That he's the man that should play right back, um, Archie Ray, You know, another great storyline. He'll be he'll be looking to underline his potential and try and get himself closer to that first team. And and Gab, who I think you've been quite impressed with, um, Perkins as well. There's just yeah, the, the, there's certainly enough to get you along to that game. And I, I always think that if you get an opportunity like this, like a Friday night, to go and watch the uh, the kids, I think if you have kids, especially, it, it's it's great because tickets for ellen road are so hard to come by that if you get a chance for a game like this that's actually going to include senior players in and it might not be a premier league game but it is a game of a competitive nature then it's an opportunity that should be taken
0: yeah and, and the atmosphere is it at, at uh, ellen road on those 21s nights there was a couple last season um as well which were which were really good um Really good opportunity, quite a, a friendly sort of welcoming crowd, you know, lots of, lots of, I mean, as you say, lots of kids, they're probably getting their first, you know, taste of what Ellen Road's like, um, obviously a little diluted version, but um, yeah, still, still very good. And again, we, we, we've we said it before, we'll say it again, you know, 10,000 people turning up for an under 21s game on a Friday night, um, especially when, you know, Leeds Rhinos are playing just across the city. Is, uh is, is a reflection of just how popular the um, the under 21 setup is at the moment uh, and I think the club o- understand and, and acknowledge that um, I I'm personally look really looking forward to seeing Nyonto, uh to see what he's about um, because you know it's it's one thing to watch clips online it's one thing to to get scout reports from people who've watched them in Switzerland and with Italy but to see it in the flesh for real you can actually I, I feel anyway you can actually grasp what a player is about a lot more when you see it with your own eyes uh, and not through a TV screen or a laptop screen or something. Um, I, 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 I think you know the, the club hierarchy are very very excited about him. Um, I think they're they're very pleased that they've that they've been able to sign him. Um, admittedly, yeah, it wasn't the the Cody Gakpo that they wanted on deadline day, but it's someone who definitely was being tracked for a while. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to seeing what he's got. Um, in terms of his, his, his dynamism and his explosiveness. And um, and it'll be good to see at what level he is, uh, because that will probably be quite instructive of where he's going to play most of his football this season. Um, because obviously he can't go out on loan now. Um, he will likely be with the, the other sort of leading 21s players uh, training with the first team. Um, and, you know, if, if, if he takes to it like a duck to water, then... Who's to say that he can't just be another option off the bench for the first team?
1: Will he score? Will he play ten or either side
0: of the ten? That's a that's a terrible, terrible pun. You've been, <laughs> just been grinning, just sat there waiting for the opportunity. <laughs> Willie he, won't be, he? yeah. Um, I think I think he'll play ten. I think he'll play number ten, just behind the striker, especially if if Bamford's playing, um, and. Yeah, I think we'll see him doing some uh, some, some Gellhart-esque dribbly runs towards uh, a back line. Um, that's my prediction. That's all you're getting from me. I I, I haven't watched much of Southampton's B-team this year, mainly because I only found out it was a B-team when Michael Scubala told us this morning, and not an under-21s group. But um, yeah, I'll... Uh,
1: so, so explain that for people like me who don't, don't pay the same level of attention to 21s football as you do uh the the rules are you can play five overage players i believe so what's the difference between a b team and a
0: 21s group i mean they still have because of the competition they still have to abide by the same competition rules um so they can only use x amount of overage players in this case five um which has been bumped up from three last season um because it's to, to ease the transition from under 23 football to under 21 um so you, you can have five overage players, but they call it a B team because it's, it's similar to what Huddersfield did or have done, uh, and Brentford as well, where they, they have a B team set up rather than uh, an academy where you come through sort of the 16s, the 18s, and then the 21s like Leeds have done, similar to what Charlie Cresswell's done effectively. Um, instead, you get in, the, the club are sort of buying players for a B team rather than, uh, 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 the first team, essentially. Um, and that is sort of the the, the breeding ground for, for for first team potential players. Uh, and then there are others coming up through the academy. Um, I think there is one player at Southampton, he's just returned there. I think he might be an under 16, but he was playing under 18s football last year, moved to Chelsea and then didn't like it and, and has moved back to Southampton after two months in the same transfer window. Um, but I think, I don't know whether he's in the B team yet uh Tyler Diblin, I think he's called but um yeah they they've got a good player called Don Ballard who is um is quite good uh for for them but that's that's the extent of my under 21s Southampton B whatever you want to call it reserves if you're uh, from a from an older generation scout report or
1: well, the stiffs as they used to be known um the stiffs where's the stiffs, that from I don't know whether that's because they were lads who hadn't played that much and so they were a bit stiff or because they were dead to the manager and he wasn't considering picking them. I'm, I'm not no. sure. We'll have to look into the, the origin of that. Uh, that mortis
0: 11. Yeah.
1: Um, we probably shouldn't finish the pod without talking about the Leeds lad playing in the Champions League. Um, yeah. Great, great to see Erling Haaland um, sticking that one away. Um, I mean, he's he's coming on, isn't he?
0: He's, he's starting to show some signs of development. You know, one day he'll be able to come and represent the uh, the club of his birth um the the city of his birth uh erling Haaland. yeah i mean just it's counting down the days until boxing day really isn't it it's like all right let's just get christmas out of the way and then you can start worrying about the fact that city come to to, to ellen road on boxing day it's yeah i'm not that, lo- that- i'm not i'm not looking forward to it but i also am in a way because again as i was saying on the non-to point i'd love to see him in the flesh but obviously not at sort of peak performance
1: yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those games, you know, that it was a game that initially I kind of thought people will not look forward to that game because it would be Calvin Phillips' homecoming in a different coloured shirt. Um, but Calvin has got a way to go, you know, to get into that side. I think that much has been made very obvious. And, and almost to the point that I was a bit surprised he was in the England squad. But it's obvious that, in fact, Southgate's referenced it, that it's not ideal that players like Calvin are not getting many minutes. But... They're important players for England, and, and he believes they can still be. Um, you you can be absolutely certain that his ideal is that Calvin starts to get more minutes, though, as the uh, as the weeks go on towards the World Cup. Um, but I, I think um, the addition of Holland just makes what what it does for everyone else, um, almost everyone else is it makes the Manchester City game even more of a free hit. That if you can get anything from that game, then it is an utterly magnificent um, job. But also, y- you look at that fixture and you think it comes just after the World Cup. You know, and Manchester City will have a huge representation at the World Cup, um, and possibly players who go quite deep in the tournament. Uh, and you wonder not there in if... Holland,
0: though. No, oh, well, no, no way, that's not there.
1: That's uh, you know
0: that you know, that is unfortunate. In fact, I did see um I did see a tweet quite recently which tickled me right um was because of the the cohort of Man City players that is going to be in Qatar they said something along the lines of just realised that for like four weeks between November and December Erling Haaland's just going to be in training pinging balls at Scott Carson for like four weeks straight which is true because pretty much everyone else is an international who's qualified um so yeah it, you'll have had plenty of uh, shooting practice
1: or they'll just stick him in like a cryo a cryo chamber or or they'll just par him down whatever you do with a, a goal the scoring, switch to the back of his head yeah. goal scoring robot um i mean that that goal against dortmund scoring it against dortmund as well um what what i really love about him is the fact that he scores all goals you know just every goal every type of goal he can score it you know he, he runs onto through balls and beats the keeper he he's He's the right man to have for Manchester City, a side who produce, you know, 1 million cutbacks from the, the byline per 90 because um, he just sticks them all away and he's there for near post headers. He, he's just, he's just a, an unbelievable centre forward. And it and it, it sounds like a really horrible twee cliched thing to say, but being around at a time when a player like that is coming through, it is quite an exciting thing as a football fan in general. And it, It's quite a nice thing for Leeds fans. I would imagine that some people find the whole Leeds Holland thing a bit odd and a bit forced. And I can see that, but there is a slight associated glory to be had here for the fact that he was born in Leeds. The fact that when he played against Northern Ireland, he wanted Dallas's shirt and, you know, said marching on together in his ear as they clapped hands. Um, you know, this is a, this is a kid who is going to go down as one of the greats and, uh, and he quite li- he quite likes Leeds United, but as we saw with what he did to Dortmund, he will have absolutely no problem whatsoever in um, scoring an unbelievable goal to break Leeds United hearts. Um, but let's just hope it's a game every bit as competitive and close as uh, as that one was in the Champions League.
0: Yeah, he was also pictured while he was at Dortmund signing autographs from his car, and he was wearing a, a pair of Leeds shorts as well, which is just so obscure. Like, who gave him them? Where did he? What what year were they from? Um, With one it, of his guys. dad's old pairs, you know, what it's just so such an odd story. Um, I, I think th- there might be some some mileage in in potentially seeking out some of the midwives from uh, LGI um, from I don't know July two thousand or whenever he was born, and saying, was he a larger baby than most? Was it? Could you tell at this time that he was going to be an absolute man eater?
1: I think if you'd showed his legs to Bielsa at at that age. You know, at like three minutes old, Bielsa probably could have told you, yep, centre forward, Um, international class centre forward. There just are, it's just what we lesser mortals have to accept, Joe, is that some people are simply built for this sport. Um, But I I look at someone like Ben White uh, as an example of this, someone who I don't think he grew up like you and I, utterly obsessed with football. I mean, he's admitted, hasn't he, that he doesn't watch that much football. And I don't get the sense he's an absolute football nut, but I think that he is supremely naturally gifted. And also, there's a lot of, there's a huge amount of self discipline self-discipline and everything else that goes into learning technique and honing it. But Which, he's just. Which, of course, neither of us have. Um, no. I just wanted to do uh, keepy ups. I didn't like heading the ball. And I didn't particularly like getting
0: dirty either. Um, I did like passing the ball. That was mine. Uh, if, the, if the ball was cut back to me, whether it was five yards or 35 yards, I was hitting that. Um, but. Some people are just,
1: they're just built that way. They're just built for it. And you you see it, you see it even at, you know, I went to my kids under 10s game and there's a kid in his team who plays up front and he, just the way he runs, the way he like anticipates where a ball's going to bounce and goes round defenders, even at like nine, 10, you can just see kids that are just so coordinated, so physically together on a football pitch that they're just, they're just naturals. Um, and it's desperately unfair.
0: And then you look at Smith Junior. and think, "Oh man, Smith Junior. He's, He's definitely my son."
1: Smith Junior. produced the kind of performance that I was that I was never capable of. I mean, if I was if I was giving him a YEP rating, um, I'd probably no given, bias, no bias whatsoever. Probably have given him an eight. Uh, I Strong. mean, even if just for the moment where he essentially physically lifted a smaller child out of the way to get to the ball, and the referee. Allowed play to go on because I was already in my head uh, thinking about what I'm going to speak to him about to try and stop him from physically manhandling much smaller human beings. Uh, and the referee played on, which was a great moment. So I'd give him an eight just for that. But I'll, uh, but in in this in this with this dearth of football, what I might start doing now is live tweeting those games um, just so that people have some some tweets to get into.
0: Yeah. They need to see the uh, the return of the goal tweets. Um, and they do play
1: in they do play in yellow, white, and blue. His uh, his football team quite a nice kit actually. So um, it might give some people some ideas for future Adidas efforts. Um, concept it is kits. Yeah. it is a, is a Nike kit, so that, there's that to kind of negotiate. But um, it, it's quite a nice one. As a Bangor FC fan as well, who play in predominantly yellow with white uh, and blue shorts, um, I'm all in favor of it.
0: Fantastic. Um, well, just before we go, um, you you text me. I can't remember whether it was the day after the podcast or when you were listening back, but you said I can't believe I didn't mention sort of something from my Australia travels in last week's episode. And while you didn't come across Jason Cummins while you were over there, which I think you probably would have tried to seek him out if you did know he was playing there, um, you you did come across. I asked you what was the best animal encounter that you had uh, during Leeds' pre-season tour, uh, and you said it was a possum but you've you've since revised that haven't you i woke
1: up in a cold sweat thinking oh god i didn't tell him about the flying fox because will jackson of leeds live uh, and i were at a bus stop uh, and we were in brisbane and we had been to the stadium for either must have been a training session and we were at a bus stop um and this essentially this dragon sized creature with the body of a, of a of a woodland fox and the wingspan of like a jumbo jet swooped out of a tree and and flew not far over will's head and i don't think i've ever been as frightened in public uh, and I was a child who grew up going on the train nine again to Belfast and the train would stop because somebody had phoned a bomb hoax in um (laughs) this was a truly terrifying moment and fair play you know to anyone who lives in Australia amongst just things that are out to get you um now I don't know if these things are dangerous but it felt very dangerous and it just feels good to get that moment off my chest um
0: I didn't you never know. Someone else might have had a similar experience and they're gonna tweet into the to the YEP account and say, look, Graham, there's there is a support network. There there are. If you've
1: been affected by any of the issues uh spoken about on the Inside Ellen Road podcast, you can get in touch via Joe's Twitter handle. Um yeah, fair play to anyone living out amongst the just the the wildlife that seems to have been dreamed up by you know somebody who comes up with one of these
0: like ridiculous Lewis or Doctor Seuss or something.
1: Yeah, just uh, just in, just incredible sights. Just makes you very glad to live in Yorkshire, where you know the most dangerous thing you're going to come up against might be you know some fella down the road's ferret that gets loose, or
0: Diego Llorente when he's when he's on one, or Diego Llorente when he's uh, when he's on one. Uh, so. Because of the the terror that it inflicted on you, I'm guessing that it wasn't furry enough to be described as maybe in the same sort of, I don't know, animal kingdom as as Brendan Aronson and badgers. Uh, no, absolutely
1: not. It wasn't. It wasn't of that variety. It was more. Who who in the 89 squad would it have been? If more
0: alyoski ish If they were,
1: yes, a hundred percent, like an Alyoski of
0: a creature. Like it, it has. It poses no threat to you, but it's flown that low over your heads just just to mess around just to mess I mean, with but, you but also you don't know what it's going to do and that
1: in itself there's an element of risk attached yeah. to such an unpredictable uh, creature
0: yeah and on that on that uh, on that note, unpredictable creature. Uh, I think we will uh, we'll call this, this week's episode to a close. Um, if you're listening after the 21s game, uh, don't forget there are more matches next week uh, in the Papa John's Trophy and then following that uh, uh, against Stoke in PL2. Um, but yeah, the uh, the long wait for Premier League football uh, goes on. Uh, Graham and I will be back next week. Um, oh, actually, no, you're taking next week off, aren't you?
1: i am yeah i'm taking a small sabbatical uh I, i'm an opportunist i've seen i've spotted an opportunity and i've 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 nipped in I've between it. nipped in between you and sobot and i've
0: uh, i've put one in the net all <laughs> right okay then well it looks like it'll be myself and lee next week then uh, on the inside ellen road podcast um but yeah thank you for, for tuning in um stay safe take care and uh, bye for now. The Inside Allen Road podcast is sponsored by PR Supplies at Unit 2 Wither Park Industrial Estate in Leeds. PR Supplies, everything for the home.